The wisdom that comes from heaven is, first, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. New International Version. All New Testament epistles are letters written by apostles to problems and situations within certain churches. When James sat down to pen a letter to the Jewish Christian churches in Gentile-dominated countries, it was to address the state of their fellowship, their Christian lives, and an unhealthy church dynamic. The believers face lots of adversity as Christians. Sometimes, they responded well, and sometimes, they did not. They wavered between faith in Jesus and relying on other things to deal with their problems. James labeled this kind of inconsistent approach as double-minded or duplicitous. James 1 5-8 The church vacillated between knowing God loves them and wondering where God was in all their trouble. They investigated Holy Scripture, but then did not do what it says. James 1 22-25, The church claimed faith in Christ, then schemed about ways to cozy up to the wealthy so they could have a healthy budget. James 2 1-4 People professed faith, then sat on the fence, straddling the sacred and secular, doing nothing. The church was between two worlds of heavenly wisdom and worldly wisdom. James sought to knock them off the fence, to quit being in two worlds with one foot in each. He wanted them on a path of authentic faith and true wisdom which would support them in a difficult world. James provides a way to navigate this troublesome world. He highlights seven characteristics of godly wisdom needed to face adversity and live well. Pure. Purity is holiness. It's morality and ethics. The pure person has a singular devotion to Jesus Christ, they pursue God's will and seek to follow God's way in everything, without exception. Purity means there are no mixed motives, no hidden agendas, no secret self-serving desires. Those who are pure have experienced spiritual cleansing. The pure know this is a foolish messed up world, living in it means facing envy and selfish ambition. So, they jump the fence into God's big meadow of grace. They joyously roll in the green grass of forgiveness. Blessed are the pure in heart, Jesus said, for they shall see God, Matthew 5 8, NIV. Peace-loving. Someone once asked a gentleman married for 50 years the secret to his marital bliss. He said, the wife and I had this agreement when we first got married, when she was bothered about something, she would just tell me and get it off her chest. And if I was mad at her about something, I was able to take a long walk. I suppose you could attribute our happy marriage to the fact that I have largely led an outdoor life. That's typically how we think about peace, the absence of conflict. But biblical peace is more than not fighting. Peace is harmony, working well together and enjoying our relationships. Wise and godly people not only possess peace, they promote peace in all they do and say. Peace lovers long for a real peace, which is more than keeping people from one another's throats. Just because there is no appearance of strife, doesn't mean there is peace. Avoiding conflict is unhelpful. Jesus said. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Matthew 5 9, NIV. To enjoy the green pastures on God's side of the fence means there are fences which have been mended. It is better to correct someone openly than to have love and not show it. Proverbs 27 5, NCV. Avoid saying anything hurtful. And never let a lie come out of your mouth. Stop doing anything evil, and do good. Look for peace, and do all you can to help people live peacefully. Psalm 34 13-14, ERV. Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people when, in His own body on the cross, He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of law with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in Himself one new people from the two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of His death on the cross, 
and our hostility toward each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far away from Him, and peace to the Jews who were near. Ephesians 2 14-17, NLT. Considerate. Consideration of others means to be flexible, open to reason, level-headed in anxious situations, gentle, non-combative, non-retaliatory, and generally understanding of another's point of view. The considerate person puts themselves in another person's shoes. It's the opposite of being judgmental and going off with partial information and quick interpretations. To be considerate is to make allowances for the weaknesses and shortcomings of others. It takes the kindest possible perspective. The considerate person avoids jumping to conclusions. I wonder, do you know how another person thinks to the degree you could state their opinions or positions accurately in a way they would say, yes that is exactly what I think. The opposite of being considerate is to have a critical spirit. Constant criticism is a clue that godly wisdom will not be coming from the other side of the fence. Submissive. Submission is a good thing. It's a choice. If a person is coerced into submission, that's slavery, not submission. To submit is to place oneself under someone else's authority. The submissive person listens and obeys authority. Submissive people are teachable, not concerned with gaining authority so they can call the shots. They humbly receive correction and do what is right. Submit to each other out of respect for Christ. Ephesians 5:21, Seb. Full of mercy and good fruit. Mercy is compassion in action. It empathizes with the needs of other, then does something about it. Goodness results from mercy. Withholding mercy is a tactic of worldly wisdom, not godly wisdom. To believe we are letting someone off the hook or encouraging their bad behavior by showing mercy is completely foreign to Holy Scripture. Jesus said, Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Matthew 5 7, NIV. Merciful people scan the horizon to see whom they can show mercy. King David did this with Saul's grandson, Mephibosheth. While worldly kings on the other side of the fence were killing their rivals, David did the opposite by being merciful. He gave Mephibosheth a permanent seat at his dinner table, 2 Samuel 9. David used his position and power to extend mercy. That's why David was a man after God's own heart. Impartial. To be impartial is to have no favoritism, to be the same person toward everyone. The impartial person is steady, consistent, and not swayed by the crowd. They don't act one way with a certain group of people and different with another group. The person who sticks their finger to the wind to see which way it is blowing is unwise. An impartial person is predictable, you never have to wonder if they are going to blow up at you, or not. Genuine wisdom is equitable in meeting needs. Impartiality doesn't ask all kinds of qualifying questions to discern whether someone should get their needs met. Withholding needs from others is unjust. God is just and impartial and expects people to reflect this basic approach to others. The Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great, powerful, and awe-inspiring God. He never plays favorites and never takes a bribe. Deuteronomy 10:17, GW. Do not pervert justice, do not show partiality to the poor or favoritism to the great but judge your neighbor fairly. Leviticus 19:15, NIV. Judge people fairly and honestly. Don't twist the law. Don't play favorites. Don't take a bribe, a bribe blinds even a wise person, it undermines the intentions of the best of people. Deuteronomy 16:19, MSG. Sincere. Sincerity means to be without hypocrisy. The sincere person is the same both inside and out, what you see is what you get. They are real, vulnerable, and willing to say what is needed, not what they think others want to hear. There are no ulterior motives and no skeletons in the closet with the sincere person. That's because everything they say and do is above board. Now that you have purified yourselves by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, 
love one another deeply from the heart. 1 Peter 1 NIV. Sincerity creates true biblical fellowship, openness, and honesty in the Church. Conclusion. People dwelling with godly wisdom produce a harvest of righteousness. The sure signs of true wisdom are good deeds done from a devoted heart to God. The source is humility. Conversely, the telltale signs of false wisdom are envy and selfishness. They result in disorder and evil practices. We must go hard after these seven characteristics of being pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial, and sincere. If we desire unity, harmony, and righteousness, then it's imperative we pursue godly wisdom. Be wise, my friends, without being wise guys.